Hello, all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I want to talk to you today about connecting women. I think it's a theme that a lot of us feel and a lot of us understand, or maybe it's just a lot of us who come out of the communications field understand the power of that and how that can really lead your life. Um, but it might inspire some of you who are not in the traditional fields of speaking to women, connecting women, but you may still feel that passion. There is a passion there. If you, there's just something you buy, you know what? It probably has to do with your childhood and your psychology. Mine is for sure where you get a real thrill out of connecting women and empowering them. There is just something wonderful about this project. So I'm gonna introduce you to Tammy Leader Fuller, um, who was a producer for many, many years on big television shows that you know and have heard of. And she called herself Tammy from Miami because she was in Miami. And she left producing, but was still a producer mindset mainly driven by, which I find really interesting, um, the experts that she was running into and loving um, when you do television. It's kind of like magazines. You're always exploring experts and you meet these such interesting people. You want to spread their information everywhere and connect them with everybody. But she had this passion so much. And unlike some of us, which I admit to, I did not have good childhood experience in camp, but it's not the camp's fault. It was probably my crazy parents. Um, she loved camp. And so she has recreated that experience for women who are older. And she actually connects women that way. And so it's a really interesting discussion about the sacrifice that she made in order to do that. It was a dream that, you know, you wait till you see what it required. Very interesting. A lot of you asked me about, well, how do I find the money to do what I'm doing? So this will answer some of that. And the passion that she has and the reward that she gets from connecting women to each other, especially at this later time of life. It's very similar to what I do though. I would never ask you to do a pie eating contest where she sounds like the good friend who would make you do it and you would be totally happy after you did it, but I wouldn't want to do it to start with. So I think Everybody needs someone like Tammy in their life to push them, push them to do the crazy, silly stuff that in the end they look back and they go, yeah, that was really great. I'm so glad I did that. But maybe that's why I didn't like camp. I don't know. Anyway, you're really going to enjoy it. And she um, is just wonderful to talk to. And you're going to learn a lot. And she shared a lot that was very intimate. So let's welcome Tammy Leader Fuller. So welcome, Tammy. I'm so glad we got a chance to get back together. We had talked about doing something with Covey and Camp two years ago. Yes, it was. Ago. Oh right. my God, it's a long time ago. Pre-pandemic, all that. And I'm so glad that we have a chance to talk again. So happy to be here. So we're going to talk about your reinvention. And I think what we want to do is start with your history. Like, I always like to find out, you know, what got people started on this road? So what was your history? How did you grow up? I was there during the riots and during the Mariel boat lift and all of the political unrest and the drug dealing and the cocaine cowboys. I was an investigative news producer in the beginning. And then I 
rose up through the ranks to become uh, an executive and uh, worked at the Today Show. So I'm a producer. I'm a storyteller at heart and moved to L.A. about 10 years ago and continued in the entertainment field and really was just listening to women, wrote a book in 2005 with five other women in Miami about how having it all isn't having it all at all and how sometimes you got to pivot when you're not truly happy. So I am now devoting my life to helping women get happy. I am the founder of Camp Powerment. We are an expert-led community powered by Playtime. And I chucked, I walked out of the control room and into the woods in 2013 to bring women back to the idea of summer camp inspired by impactful experts who could help us live life bigger and better. So that's what I do now. I run Camp Powerment. We are a digital platform and we also run retreats when we can. And we're getting back to that in summer camps and high-end fancy guest ranches for women who want to live life bigger and better and start over through their purpose. So how did you get into the purpose field from being a producer? Interesting. I did a lot of work in the field of women's issues. That was my bailiwick and met incredible experts who impressed and inspired me. And my job was to get them camera ready and to teach them how to find their sound bites and find their most impactful information to share. And I collected those people in those decades. And I said, I'm coming back for you one day. What you say is so valuable. And I'm going to put it together and wrap it around the beauty and fun and life lessons wrapped in games and hilaria uh, of my childhood, which was summer camp. I spent many summers in the Poconos as a kid, and they were my best days of my life because camp for me and for the 10 million kids a year who go to summer camp is a place where you could go and be who you want to be without your parents telling you, you who you should be. And it was, I felt like a way to connect with nature and connect with other people in a way that I wanted to create connection and a place for people, especially women, to matter. So we've created a community and a place where women can come and learn ways to reignite their life around the spirit of the campfire uh, through impact, spirituality, and purpose mostly. So why, that's so interesting that you loved camp. Um... Did you have brothers and sisters? Is there a reason why you love camp? I hated camp. It's funny. I did love. Did you go to a lot of camps or did you go to one I camp for many years? I went to a years? couple and I just was tortured, but I think it was because my family was so screwed up. I have a feeling that's what it was. But um, I just was miserable all the time. I was one of those kids. I put on a good face, but I, and they made you get into the lake that was cold and dank and it was just like, are you kidding me? I hate this thing, even though I like the idea. But why was yours so wonderful? You know, I had sisters who also went to camp with me, but I felt like it was a place where I could go and really be me. I played competitive sports. I played competitive tennis as a kid. So I had a very disciplined year. I was one of those kids who lived 10 months for two months, which was, the, was what they say, the diehards. And I think a lot of people now tell me they didn't like camp as a kid. So they kept moving around. And that's part of the problem. When you go to the same camp and you revisit the same friends year after year, and they become really your soul people because they're the ones who see you for exactly who you are. When you live with people, there's no hiding who you really are. And the beauty of, of Camp Powerment is that we don't allow people to say what they do for a living for the first 24 hours, because that's how we define ourselves in society. And like summer camp, we're all on the same playing field. We're all the same. 
but you really recognize what you have and how lucky you are when you're with others who help you see that you're not alone and your struggle to juggle all that life is feeding you. So I was no expert, but I was an expert at collecting experts. And I tapped into my network. And when I came up with this crazy idea for Camp Powerman, I said, I need you. I want you to share. I'm going to produce you and help you create experiences that are wrapped around the power of playtime. We created a formula where we go deep and then we play and then we go deep and then we play. And by bringing women back to that time in their life when it was just more carefree, some people are rewriting their stories because they didn't have a great childhood. And some really want to just go back to that time in their life when nobody's asking them to do anything for them. Very interesting. Um, so talk about how long you've been doing it. How did you get it started? And what were the tactics for getting it started? Because I'm guessing somebody must have said to you, what are you crazy? They did. A lot of people said to me, are you crazy? Uh, but I had written a book with five other women in Miami. And so we launched this idea as what we called Camp Bombshell in 2005. And we brought women together in rented out kids summer camps in the off season. And then I went, I took a big job at Warner Brothers and I was there and really connecting with experts. I produced a show called Dr. Drew's Life Changers. And I really just felt like women today are looking for to lift their lives bigger, better, higher. We keep raising the bar higher and higher for ourselves and we're never going to get there because of the restrictions we place on ourselves and how we tell ourselves we can't do that. Everybody else can do that, but I can't do that. And had this idea, I was working at Warner Brothers and went and found this beautiful spot in Malibu and said, I'm going to do it. And, so, and part of the challenge when you want to reinvent yourself too, is you can't just say, I'm going to quit this job where I have great benefits and I have a great salary. And I spent 35 years getting here. You have to straddle both. And for me, I spent weekends creating this and really dreaming big. And it requires a lot of dreaming, but I laid it out and I'm a producer. And when you're a producer and you create something from a blank piece of paper every day, which is what my career was, it wasn't all that hard. And it was so much fun to create. And I just started recruiting experts and recruiting friends and said, I had this great idea. Come help me make this happen. So interestingly, because you talk a lot about the experts, what role do the experts play? That's not what I thought you were going to talk about. So uh, is that, and, and that sounds like it was the root of the idea was bringing the experts to you? The root of the idea was bringing the experts, but wrapping those experts in really interactive experiential learning through the fun games and through the, the way where we put women together to really help them see and understand they are not alone. And so the experts are part of it, but they come and bring their expertise and then we create an experience. It's a create your own experience as you go. Right now we're doing, we're, we've pivoted to digital because of COVID, which is something we never thought play could translate onto Zoom. I think none of us thought Zoom could do a lot of things, but we have learned in the last year that we really, people just want to connect and women, especially today with all that's happening now, we want to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And we have this crazy idea that everybody else is doing life better than we are. And the longer we stay isolated, the harder it's going to be to reassimilate. And so we are really helping women get back on their feet. We recognize now that you don't have to have a book and a PhD anymore in order to become a leader. 
If you have an idea and you have a niche and you are really good at something, it's time to step up. The world needs us. And so we're helping women right now really figure out what is your purpose, how you can pivot your life, and how you can dream big and make those dreams happen. Let's talk about what you did before, before okay. COVID, because okay. I want to understand first what that is okay, um, and how many women you brought in, all of that, and what kind of things you actually did. When you say Malibu, I thought the original thing you told me you were renting out kids camps. Yeah, Malibu, it is. Malibu it's kids a, was camp? a kids, it's a kids summer camp in Malibu. Yep. Oh, so it's a fancy swanky camp? No, it's not. It's a place. It's beautiful, but it's on the top of the mountain. And it was really remote, interestingly. Uh, and when we found it, we take over these empty shells of a camp because usually in the old days, they didn't rent them out all year. They just sustained themselves through the two or three months in the summer. Summer camps have been renting themselves out for about the last 10 years or so as retreat centers, as people gather. And when we went and saw this place in Malibu, we, it was incredible, but it was very raw. We take over these empty spaces. We go in 24 hours early with a team and completely zhuzh it up and make it suitable for women who are going to be living in cabins. We help people make themselves a little bit uncomfortable in order to grow. When you feel a little vulnerable, it's a whole lot easier to let down your guard and really just open yourself up to things you never could have imagined doing. A lot of people are resistant to the idea of camp, which is why we pivoted to fancy camp, which we can talk about later. But the idea of community and people living together and, and, you know, in bunk beds, they stay in cabins on bunk beds and the silliness that returns. We want to go back to a simple time of life. We send them back to the cabins after a night activity by 1030 or so, because in the cabins is where the magic happens. It's the connection and the laughter of the fact that I'm sleeping on a, an extra long twin bed on a, in a bunk with other women. And how funny is that? And, you know, people are going, okay, who needs a sleeping pill and who needs a, you know, it's, it's funny. We have snoring cabins. I mean, we really try to help women assimilate together and connect in a way. And the real fun and laughter comes in the off hours, which is very different. We're very programmed heavily and it's a do your own journey. And we offer four or five programs every hour and a half, but it's in the off time and the downtime when women really can connect with each other and see that no matter what you're going through in life, there's somebody else who's got it harder than you do. And it's that gratitude and appreciation that really helps fuel us and make us happy. And so who are the women who come? Because it, I, I think that's a, I mean, I, I'm now, of course, cause it's in Malibu and it's, I'm seeing a movie you know, <laughs> the hilarious Goldie Hawn movie of her going back to camp and all the ridiculous things that happened to her. Emma Stone, Emma Stone. Emma Stone, okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, aren't some people kind of freaked out by that? I Completely. Mean, they, so tell me a funny story about that because that's really very interesting. And then tell me a story also about how, um, how people connected that you didn't expect. I'd love to hear that. Women who come alone, and we have a lot of women who come alone, get put in cabins together with other women. And we don't let them say what they do for a living for the first 24 hours. And after that, nobody really cares because we're getting to know each other for who we are, not what we do. Uh, but we put, we had put a group of women together in 
Kevin, in 2013, one of our earlier ones, Oprah had written about us and kind of blew us up and called us one of the 50 things that make you say, wow. So we got a lot of people who read that and said, I need to come. I need to refresh my life. I need to do something. So we put these women together. And one of the women who was in, there were about 12 of them. And one of them who was in there got up at six o'clock every morning and went to the sunrise ceremonies and did yoga and did activities all day long. And was the last one, to, first one out of the cabin in the morning and the last one there at night. Well, these women had bonded and they went to their things, but they ate together and they really connected. And they would go back to the cabin at 10 o'clock and just have cabin talk, bunk talk. And they they created a culture within their own cabin. This one woman, Jenna was her name, left and happened to be on a text thread with all of them and realized that she had spent her entire weekend looking for those people and those friends and something that was going to help her find some focus. And she missed what was right in front of her, which was the magic was happening in the cabin with the connection with these women. But she was so busy chasing what she thought was going to be the answer to her question that she missed it. And these women have continued to stay together. One of them got cancer and got sick and ultimately passed away. And they were so there for each other and for this woman. And this Jenna talks about it every time she comes back. She stands up and says, can I just say, stop chasing and looking for what you think you want. Sometimes it's right in front of your nose and you miss it. And we had the same experience last year in Ojai with women who came together. They were uh, 12 women. We put them together randomly. Most of them did not know each other. Uh, they were a, a very diverse ethnic mix of women and they stayed together. They were very close. One of them lost her mother a few days after camp, and they were really, really there for her in the way that her lifelong friends had not been, because the connection that has happened when you are really, truly you is unlike uh, anything you have in your life. It's like that stranger on an airplane theory. You're much more willing to tell strangers about what's going on in your life because they're not going to judge you and they're not going to tell anyone. And so you get very vulnerable and very raw very quickly. But these women connected and when COVID hit, they started to do Friday afternoon happy hours. And every single Friday, they would meet for two hours and really connected and really brought their stories and their life. And, and they called each other their squad. And last June, when George Floyd was murdered, uh, as I said, half of these women were women of color who didn't have a lot of white friends and vice versa. And they, the understanding and the connection and the learning that came from this was unparalleled. And one of the women got sick in the process of this and they have all rallied around her and they are so connected. They basically said, if I never make one more friend in my whole life, I have these women and they are my people and they will back me forever. And I can't believe I've only been with them 72 hours of my life. And what percentage of your people are returns then? Are they coming back every year or every, do they have reunions or how does that Yes. Work? So we only do two camps a year and we have a 55% return rate, if you can believe it. So more than half the people come back year after year and they go and meet together. Many of them are, are women who continue to come back to reunite at camp, but they also do their sidebar reunions and weekends. And for big things, one of them, this bunk 12 from Ojai last year is all, one of the girls is getting married. She came to camp pregnant and was ready to break off her relationship. And these women helped her understand how to save that and how to make her life better. And now she's getting married in July and they're all going to her wedding. They're all dressing up and, and brought, they're all, they don't, this woman doesn't even know they're all buying the same bridesmaids dress. They were not asked to be bridesmaids, but they're coming to this girl's wedding dressed and they're going to show up as her bridesmaids. 
because they are so connected and they didn't know each other when they got there. So it's really fascinating. I think women today, we, we have, if we're lucky, we have great friends, we have great family, we have our support systems, but it's very important to find community and a place where you matter with people with whom you could be completely authentic and not feel judged. And so many of us have relationships and friends that have differing points of view and different, you know, they love you conditionally. What happens at Camp Powerman is women learn to, these are women whose paths would never ordinarily cross in normal day-to-day life, but they see you for who you really are. And you could be really honest about all of the real issues that you're dealing with in your life and they love you anyway. And it's very easy for women to go and jump to each other's aid, right? When you're being cheated on, you're not going to stand up and say, I, I, you know, I'm having a hard time. My partner is, is going through, we're going through infidelity issues and this sucks. But when somebody else says, uh, my, my partner cheated on me, we're right there going, let me tell you what happened to me. And let me see if my experience can help you. That's what we do as women. We help each other grow. And when there is no history, it's so much easier to just be there and support each other and know that you matter. Community is so important now more than ever. And that's what I'm committed to and why I left an Emmy award-winning 34-year career to help people live life bigger and better because I could see the people who could help them get there. Why do you think, because I'm seeing a little bit of this too with Covey, which is very interesting. Somehow at this stage of life, connecting with strangers is working where, because I'm finding a lot of people don't want to bring their closest friends. Are you finding people are bringing friends or they'd rather connect with people they don't know? It's funny you should say that because we have so many people who say, I have so many people who I want to bring to this, but I don't want them to come when I come. And they want to share it, but they want to hoard it for their own. You know, they want to take their new friends and their own experience and say, you can, they say to their friends, you can come, but you can't be in my cabin. Or <clears throat> you, you, I'm going to go to this one, you go to that one. And so you're absolutely right. I think there's an authenticity right now that's happening with women. And it's so easy. It's so much, life is so much easier when you can be with people who completely accept you for who you are without a past without any projection of the future. And we, I love you just who, the way you are, who you are. And you end up falling in love with yourself because of the unconditional support and love you get from people you would never know otherwise. It's a reminder, I think, that you're okay. And I think there's something that happens with the exposure and vulnerability with no history. Why do you think that's, do you think that's always been the case or do you think that's something that's happens at this stage of life? I, it's interesting because you're really defining something that I was kind of surprised by. We're seeing the exact same thing, which is our most intimate programs. People want to bring, bring their friends, but they don't want their best friends there because they, they can be themselves in a different way. Do you think that has to do with age or do you think that has to do with a new kind of bonding that's going on? What's your guess? I first thought it was about age and our demo is about 45 to 65. So many, for many of the women who come to us, uh, it's really about reinventing. What am I going to do next? Yes, I achieve success. And yes, I have this great circle of friends or I don't anymore because I've weeded out the people in my life who I've carried for 20 years. 
But I believe there's a, a confidence that we as women have as we get older and stronger and really see what matters in life. And we want to just it's like starting over. It's like a new page. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to a place where I don't know anybody. I'm going to see if I'm as cool as I think I am, or if I'm really not doing well. And you can really measure yourself, engage yourself when you walk into a situation with people who don't know you, don't judge you, are not going to tell anybody. We like to say what the circles are like Vegas, what happens there stays there. And you're not even allowed to go back after you've been in a circle to discuss what happened in that circle in your bunk. There's a sacred connection that happens when you get raw and vulnerable. And very, very surprisingly, it's been happening on, on these digital experiences. We have 20, 30, 40 people and the things that they say and the, the, the rawness and the realness, they would never say in their normal circles. So I believe that part of it has to do with our age and that I don't care anymore. I just need to I've been in this, this silo and I keep staying in the job or the family or the relationships that don't work for me anymore because that's just what you do. That's what we used to do. And I think it's a combination of age and also where we are today in the world that's having us say, I want a blank slate. I want to see where, where I really belong and where I really matter with people that I think are cooler than me that I want to be part of that club. So talk a little bit about how you could possibly take this virtual. How did that happen? How did you pivot? And talk a little bit about the business and how you would pivot a business like that. Because we, one of the discussions that we are having um, on this podcast, since it's all about reinvention, is about how people are pivoting in this pandemic. So what happened to, I mean, obviously your business, you must have been sitting there the day that they decided to shut things down and went, oh my God, now what? Right. Well, we had had, interestingly, the, the place in Malibu where we rented the camp was decimated by the Woolsey fire in 2018. We had 160 women coming to camp the next day. We were up at the camp setting up when the fire, when we realized we needed to get out. And so uh, in 2018, our home base disappeared essentially. So 2019 for us was rebuilding. Uh, our community actually stepped us and saved us, started a GoFundMe campaign for us and put us back in business because we would not have been able to do that otherwise. And that's when we realized how much they need each other. And we could be the caveat. We could be the one that really put that together. So when COVID hit, we started to get emails. The first week when the quarantine started, we started to get emails and texts from people saying, you know, the only people that are calling me to check on me and see if I'm okay are my camp people. I want to connect to my camp people. Something is different about my camp friends than about my normal friends. Everybody went into this fight, flight or freeze mode, but the camp people were reaching out. Are you okay? I know you're alone. And so they said, can't you help us? Uh, connect. And we had done this. We had something called an inner circle that we had done only for people who had been to camp because we thought that you had to have experienced the camp empowerment feeling in order to connect on Zoom. So for two years, we were actually doing these circles on Zoom with women who didn't really know each other. They had been to camp. That was their common denominator. So we decided that first week of quarantine, we'll just throw up a couple of these circles and see who shows up. And we did them for donation. They made them donation based because we had a lot of people in our community who were losing jobs. So we were just, whoever needs money, let us know and we'll send it to you. 
And we started to do these. We did six of these circles and they were full in an hour. So we geared up because we're producers by trade. I work with my daughter. She's my CEO. She ran uh, social media and marketing for Tom Shoes for a while. She worked there. Uh, she didn't run it. She was part of their initial team when Tom Shoes first started up. And then she went into the agency side of advertising. So she came to me and said, we can do this. Let's, let's just crank up. People are sitting home. They need to connect. Let's, let's call in some experts and see what we got. And within a week, we had 14 programs a week we were running and people were showing up and they were so happy to be able to connect with people. Some they knew, some they didn't. And just open up conversations about how are we going to do this and how long is this going to go and how are, how can we stay full and how can we continue in an uncertain world uh, to figure out how to move forward with all of this. And that's how this thing was born. And by October, we became a membership platform and started to do, we do about 10 programs a week live, uh, expert led, but all wrapped in fun and games and all with an interactive experience that makes you feel heard and seen and not alone. So even if you have 50, 100 people in that room, we have the ability to create these breakout sessions that we call cabins. And so there's learning, but then you get to go apply what you learned with one or two other people. Uh, and you can walk out of there with an aha moment, a feeling of connection and a feel like you feeling that you contributed to this community and to your own and somebody else's growth. And things are just flying. What kind of investment did it cost to get your first idea going? Was that just a side thing you did, or how did you how did you do it? And do, are you a, a corporation? Are you an LLC? How did you set up? We're a sub S corporation. I had a television production company uh, on the side while I was working in television because I had done some other work, and so we just jumped into that and we used that. And I, in the beginning, I didn't know how we were going to finance this. I said, I have an idea. Let's try it. Let's see. And I had done well in my first half of my career. And I decided I don't want to take in any partners. I want to try this. I started it with my mom, who was a college professor at age 75. She was all about legacy and teaching people how to create the legacy that you want to leave behind one day when you're gone. And she was a master storyteller. And we just jumped into it uh, and used our own money to start while while we were we once Oprah wrote about us and the Today Show had done a couple stories on us and we got some great press that's how it started we got I'm really a master at creating the stories that can help people see the importance of what you do and our stuff was so visual because we were doing pie eating contests and we were doing uh, color war games, which was competitive fun games where people were, you know, the visuals were people throwing Cheetos on each other's heads that were covered with shaving cream. So visually it looked like so much fun. And so we started to shoot some of that stuff and put it out there. And people in 2013, when we first started, were just looking for relief. It's when life started to get really heavy and we needed to run away from home a little bit and just recoup and recognize that we as women are not at the top of our to-do list. And so let's, let's go take care of ourselves for a change. And so financially, by we were, once we were about eight or nine months into it, and we realized we needed to go and 
and rent out these places. And it was really an expensive proposition to start. We didn't look at this initially as a financial, you know, we, we looked at it more of a, let's just see if it works. And if it does, we'll figure it out later. And I ended up selling my house to finance it. And I really sacrificed my life to, to make this dream happen. And it just, and every time we kept saying in the beginning, and it takes a long time to launch a business. And every time we would say, this is really not making sense, we should stop. We would go have another camp and get so refueled by the energy of the women and the experience that we said, okay, we'll just do it for a couple more times and see what happens. And here we are eight years later in the digital business, which we never could have anticipated. We're also going back to real life experiences, which we're very excited about uh, in a very safe way. You have to be vaccinated to come to these experiences and you have to be able to really be tested and be willing to do that because we want to create a safe environment. But it's unbelievable now how desperate we are to just be in a space and a safe place now to, to grow and learn and connect and be in a space where we matter. And so we're bringing back the live experiences, but we don't think the digital is going away. When do you think your live's going to come back? Do you have a sense of we do. what are you gearing up for? We're doing a fancy camp in Asheville, North Carolina, June 10th to 13th, which is at a very fancy guest ranch that we are taking over. And it's a, a high-end, more intimate experience. Uh, but so that's on. That was scheduled for last April. And we were psyched about it. And we realized by end of March, we had to cancel it. And we have been kicking the can down the road. We thought we could reschedule it for last September and that didn't happen, but we are set. Uh, we have a few spots left, but people are really ready to connect. So we're doing a, a fancy camp in June and then we're doing our large scale camp camp uh, early November in Ojai, California at a beautiful camp where we had been in 2019. So We've got about 110 people signed up for that one already. We have about 70 or 80 spots left. And we're pretty sure that a lot of the people who are coming from our digital experience are going to be ready to go meet the people that they have so bonded with and have never met in person. So it's so interesting that people were willing to sign up for June, not having been vaccinated. They couldn't have all been vaccinated by then. No, they, but no, everybody who is there is, uh, who is coming has to be vaccinated by May right, 15th. But they, but they were, did they sign up before they were actually vaccinated? So they were really positive that they were going to get there. Yes. They signed wow. up last year though, before we last even had year. COVID. No, they signed up last year before COVID. So before they had oh, half, a lot of them had signed up to come to our very first I fancy see. camp. Then I COVID see. hit. I and, see. And every three months through COVID, is this going to happen? Oh when you, am God. I on the list? Please don't Terrible. kick me off. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh yes. My goodness. And then, and then the big camp in November, same thing. And it, we really have, we're going to have to, it's a whole different world out there when you want to meet, connect and gather. Yes. And uh, so we've, but we are willing, people are willing to do whatever it takes to just wait. I mean, I, we get three emails a day. When's your next camp? When's your next camp? When can we go? How do I get on the list? That's cute. That's great. Well, we're at the end and you've certainly given us so many good points and thank you for sharing how you set up financially. I love the story about your mother. I love the fact you brought your daughter in. And I think it's the very real experience of having to sell a house sometimes to get this thing off the ground. I, I believe it or not, I'm 62 years old almost. And I, the last four years, I lived in a place in California that had no washer dryer. 
I found it really, I, I decided to change my life and, and walk the talk that I was doing and realized if I want to be near the beach and I'm making major sacrifices financially to keep this thing going, there are some things I have to live without. So I would go every week to the laundromat and it was the most humbling experience. But my point with that is there are sometimes sacrifices you have to make to make your dreams come true. Don't let them stop. You don't let them stand in the way. You cannot just go from one career to go starting your new life without straddling and working both at the same time. It's unrealistic to think you can do that. But if you are willing, if your dream is big enough, and if you are willing to do what it takes, the world is waiting for you, ladies. What are you waiting for? Well, and on that, I think that's a great way to end. Thank you so much. Incredible. That's just amazing. I can't believe you did all that for your business. That's absolutely extraordinary. And thank you for sharing that, Tammy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I want to thank all of you for coming and listening to this podcast. I hope if you enjoyed what you heard, you will subscribe, pass us along to other friends you know who need to reinvent. And what I'm really excited about is I just created a download for you. If you are trying to reinvent and saying, oh my God, I don't know where to begin. It's so terrifying. How do I put my feet on the floor the first day after I'm not working in corporate life? Who will know who I am? This is really scary. And so I wanted you to have, I mean, I've been studying this product for, oh my God, 10 years now, because more was mostly about reinvention. So um, we created this wonderful download. It's kind of everything I know about um, reinvention um, that I've been studying for so long. And it's called 31 Badass Tips for Launching Your Reinvention Without Fear. It links to all the tips and tricks that I know of, a few things that are you know, schedulers that will help you, all those kinds of things. So go ahead, go over to the Covey Club site, www.coveyclub.com and search for it and you can find it. If you scroll, if you actually uh, look for 31 badass tips for launching your reinvention without fear, you will find it and download it and enjoy. And then let me know what you think. Was it helpful? I just wanted to get everybody started and get you launched because the hardest part about reinvention is just starting. And most of the fear is in that moment between thinking about it and doing it. And I hate to sound like a boring old ad, but the truth is just do it. You're gonna be so much happier. So thanks for joining us and we will see you next time.